Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama Soro cast. Yeah, this is the finale cast. The f- ooh, the final cast. It's not the final cast. We'll no. be back next week. No, but it is the final cast of the OC. You see, we have reached the end of another season of that beloved show from 2005. We're probably in 2006 now. No, because the... um uh, Started in 2004. Uh, yeah, but didn't the... Uh, didn't the... What do you call it? The prom say 2005? Oh, did it? Yeah. So unless if they were way off with the year they decided to set that in, which or I feel like... Or maybe were way off. Maybe it started in 2003. I think... Well, I, think, I thought it started in 2003. We just always say 2004. That's like our go-to. No, no but I say 2004 because it started in 2003, which meant it went into 2004 pretty quickly. Touche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it would have started in, like, September. So it started the year I graduated high school. That seems accurate. All right. Good. Excellent. <laughs> But yes, uh, it is the final episode of the OC season, and what a final episode it is. It's full of what you would expect from the finale of a teen drama. Yeah, I feel like everything that happened in this episode, I mostly saw it coming. Yeah, well... It went a little weird a couple times. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it was... It was... The like I don't know how to describe it. Was it. The it was end. the end. It was the end. It was the end of the season. This season ended. It's not like Riverdale, where sometimes I'm confused. It's the season finale. I mean, what I will say about uh, about the OC and is that it's a good show of what TV was like back in 2003, 2004. By the fact that their seasons kind of are just delineated by like decisions, like hey, this is the end of the season. Like, remember. The first season had, like, it went through an arc, and then that arc ended, and that could have been a season finale. And but then, then they had another arc. Yeah, so... Bolivar. Yeah, so it does kind of just feel like the end of an arc. And this arc is done. Yeah, so, I mean, we might as well get into it, because it is the finale, and you don't want to wait for the finale. Also, we had ice cream. Also, we had ice cream. So we're full of ice cream and pizza. <laughs> That's true. Which makes me oddly focused, but also very hyper. <laughs> Full of energy. All right, well, this is The O.C. Season 2, Episode 24. The Dearly Beloved. The Dearly Beloved. So we come right in with Sandy and we get a few facts. It is a couple hours until the funeral. So this is like the next day? And people will be doing things in these couple of hours, which makes me feel like these people have their schedule planned out to the minute. Well, they're very high-powered, very important people. Yeah. So Sandy's on the phone and he ha- and he's on the phone with the rehab clinic. And he will meet with them in a couple hours. No, he no, the funeral's well, in a couple hours. Right. He will meet with them shortly, but he has a funeral in a couple hours. Yes. <laughs> You know, he's got to get this done quick. But he will make time for them. Uh, I, I, what, what I will say is... Is not unique about the OC, but the choice the OC made is that... They really... Like, Caleb is just done. Him dead. He's just done. They didn't even bring the actor in to be, like, the body. 
or nope. anything? There was no flashbacks. There's no ghost, Caleb. And I mean, there are some drunk people in this episode. We could have a ghost. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like, like, they really just hit Kirsten the hardest they could hit her because she doesn't get that goodbye. She doesn't get anything. She that... doesn't get to stand next to him in his coma holding his hand. Yeah, no, he is, he is just, he fell in a pool. Now he's, now it's his funeral. Him dead. Yeah, which, I mean, is I, I think is really cool. It's skipping over, like, what could have been very dramatic moments for something that is just interesting. It which is, I kind of like. And it's very realistic. Yeah, he's just gone. Yeah. So, harsh OC, but good job. So, meanwhile... Seth and Kirsten kind of kind of touch base, mostly Seth being like, hmm, mom, you seem vaguely as a ghost would be. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I am very sad. I should know. I have seen a ghost. And then, No, Seth never seen the ghost. He's never seen the ghost. He's never seen the ghost. He never will. No, no. wait. Yes, he will in this episode. But I don't. But I don't. I don't think he does. He see doesn't her, interact though. with her, though. Which means we'll, he does not see her. We'll get to that. So, but Seth's like, hey, I need a plot reason to go into dad's office. And she's like, well, you feel seem distracted. He's like, no, I'm just looking for a cell phone charger. Yeah. Well, there might be one in his dad's office. So in he goes. Plot he reasons. Roots through the drawers, as a kid would do. And he, well, because he's looking for the charger. Yeah. And he finds the rehab flyer. Ooh. And he brings it to his other dad. And he's like, dad, what's this? And Ryan's like. What's for your mom? <laughs> yeah, I like how he's like, oh, what, what, like, is dad on, like, wait, what is, I'm so confused. And Ryan takes it, looks at it, looks up, and sees Kirsten just, like, <laughs> closing the blinds. She looks, how <laughs> do describe it? I guess drunk might be the correct word, but she was so, like, alert enough <laughs> when she was with Seth. But now that she thinks she's alone. <laughs> just look over, and she's sort of got, like, like, a partially closed eye and not really focused, but just like closes the blinds. And Ryan's like, ah, it's happening again. <laughs> Why did the mums always drink? Ryan's got real good eyesight is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and now credits. And credits. So uh, Sandy goes to the program. Presumably this is about an hour before the funeral. Yeah, he's got two hours. He's using one of them to tour the facility. Yeah. And he's trying. He explains that, you know, Kirsten always drank wine, but everyone drinks wine. Except now she drinks secret vodka straight from the bottle. Yeah, like this entire storyline with, you know, them having to deal uh, with Kirsten and her drinking problem is very well written in very human ways. Because even as he's talking to the rehab guy at the rehab rehab guy the doctor the, <laughs> the rehab man the program lead as he's talking to john rehab man he's like rehab man of the rehab clinic like, well my rehab friend perhaps i'm overreacting she does not really need rehab she just likes to drink cold vodka straight from the bottle yeah but then john rehab man is like look very few people come into rehab of willingly look i understand we will have to do an intervention she will not like it you are not overreacting my friend so let's head over to the Cooper Palace. Where Marissa is trying her most not to overreact to things. She's looking at her bruises. They're almost gone. Her bruises took a lot longer to heal than Kirsten's car accident wounds. Yes. Yes, they did. And I didn't think of that until right now. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, to, to be fair, we also did take a, a hiatus, I guess, from watching this between her assault and now. But, but it still feels like... 
the car accident was still much more recent. Yeah, and I'm not saying that her bruises bruises stay around for a long time, which is good because most TV shows, as we know, ignore stab wounds. But Riverdale, yeah, but they do give you when you have sexy bear claw wounds, though. Oh, those stay. And also, I don't think Archie is his brand anymore. Well, remember we discussed this. It's under the pant line, right? That's why he can't show it to that child because that is a, that is a bad thing to do. <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> it's insanely bad. <laughs> Uh, so Marissa's checking out her her uh, her assault bruise, and then in comes Julie, and Julie is dealing with her heartbreak and sorrow in a very Julie way. She doesn't know what to wear to the funeral. Yeah, because everything makes her look like a witch, and as we see her clothes later, she did not borrow any <laughs> any of Marissa's clothes. She does look like a witch. And so Marissa kind of gets snippy, and then realizes what she's doing, and is like, "Oh, mom, I'm sorry. Sometimes I suck as a daughter." Yeah, it, it's... Please it, borrow my clothes. Yeah, it's it's a good moment. It's like, you know what? We There's been a death. We can start putting this stuff aside. Yeah, apparently all Marissa ever needed for self-awareness was for a father figure to die. Well, speaking of father figures, the doorbell rings. It's Jimmy! J- Island Boy Jimmy has returned, and Island Boy Jimmy has lost all his chill... And is just real panicky and excited to be home with his daughter and his wife. I mean, not his wife. Yeah. Now, he looks at Julie with a word that I'm going to describe as super horny. So I have a question. Yeah. Who called Jimmy? (laughs) How did he know about this? Because at this point, I kind of thought he was still dating Haley, and I was like, oh, of course. No, no, no. No, No, I forgot. They broke up when she went to Japan. That's that's why he, he went to, as we learn... Hawaii. It's Hawaii where he went. We've been puzzled about that, but we were correct. We did say Hawaii many times. Maybe. Uh, I figure, because Kirsten, Kirsten might have called him, honestly. Kirsten is catatonic. Uh, Haley called him? Haley might have called him. Or he just got a newspaper on Hawaii. Or, well, considering the way he's acting around Julie, he's just been sitting out in the harbor in a boat. Watching, watching and waiting. <laughs> he, he looked up with his binoculars, saw Caleb fall in the pool, and then he just said, now's my time. My now- time has come. My time. Down here. Here. Remember how the how when he left, he was kind of cool, and he was like super, super he had, chill? He like, found his way. He had found the chill he never had in season one. It's gone. It's gone, and it's, it is surrounded with very dick-centric thinking toward Julie. So, what I take from this is that Caleb was, in fact, the Iceman <laughs> and created the chill for Jimmy. That works as well. Mm. So, speaking of Haley, because we talked about her, uh, she also arrives. But she goes to Kirsten's house. Because that would make the <laughs> No, the she just arrives sense. at Julie's. Julie, I thought I'd stay here at your palace. Well, it's my dad's house, so I guess I can stay here. I might inherit this house, Julie. And Julie's like, What? No, we were still technically married. Too bad. He had those papers in his pockets, and they got wet. So no one knows. <laughs> Can't file wet papers. That's what I'm saying to you, Haley. But no, Haley goes to Kirsten's. And she explains to Kirsten that she would have come earlier, but her dad didn't even tell her about the first heart attack. Which I can see. Accurate. Um, I do want to say that Kirsten uh, <laughs> takes this conversation in the most awkward way she could, because... Uh, Haley's like, oh, I don't even know, like, you know, what I would have said. And Curse is just like, I told him that he would die alone. And then he did. It's good to see you, Haley. Haley's like, 
<laughs> All right. This is this, this should have immediately been I do actually I think it is a flag for Haley because she spent the rest of the episode looking at people with concern in her eyes, trying to figure out the situation. Waiting for someone to explain things to her. <laughs> if I just stand around, someone eventually explains things to me. This way it's the way it works here. Look less you're Ryan. <laughs> he just had no no, he just had to wait longer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Ryan has done has had no like actual investigation. Act, he's, there's he's, no, he's not taking any actions. Things are just happening around him. I mean, he kept going to Trey's house. Wasn't and working, he called though. him on the phone once. It wasn't working though. And then he went to that bar because a ghost told him to. Well, ghosts do a lot of things. Hey, let's uh, continue with people coming to see people and telling them about how sad they are, which so, will be eighty five percent of this episode. So Seth in his room, reads the book that every boy who wanted to find his place in the world read in 2004. He reads in Chuck Klosterman. Yeah. That's really a, like, that is the writer of a generation. Well, I hope, I hope he figured something out. The amount of boys that I dated who had so many Chuck Klosterman books and no other books. I have none. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Oh, he's like a, he's like a pop culture writer. He writes like personal essays. Okay, no, no. I when when I was in high school, I just mostly read like fantasy. Do you remember when I was in ra- lo- Radiohead at a listening party to watch? Sure, say the full title the title of it. <laughs> I do remember that. So remember how it started with that guy reading from a book, and he's reading like an interview with Radiohead. Oh, he's that's yeah. Okay, cool. That's a very specific reference that, that but none that, of our listeners will get. But that does help me understand Seth more. Yes. So Summer is definitely back with Seth because she comes in and sits next to him. And Seth yeah. is now, oh, he's got a totally new problem in his head. Is it that he doesn't know what to do with Princess Sparkle, which is what Summer brought to him? No, it doesn't have to do with his alcoholic mom. Well, that too. <laughs> he's really spiraling. No, the actual concern, Aaron. Well, he gets distracted by Princess Sparkle for a very long time. No, he doesn't. He's very concerned. He feels so bad that he was so caught up in himself that he didn't even notice his mom's alcoholism. Also, it's all his fault because he went to Portland. And Summer shuts that down immediately. <laughs> no, no, hang on. No, to be fair, he does say, I do feel partially of, like, he gives he gives it a very low, I mean, he's like, I feel like I might be partially involved as well because, I, I mean, I, me going to Portland could not have helped. And you know what? It's true. I mean, it's true. That did not help. That did not help. It wasn't the only thing. Basically, everyone left Kirsten, and then she didn't get to run her company, and then Julie did. Julie's still the CEO. Julie's still the CEO of that company. What? <laughs> she might be the double no, CEO. No, wait, she had to, after the whole no, porn he, thing. he must have kicked her out, and he kept going to work. After the whole porn thing, like, Is, right? Does that mean Kirsten's the CEO now? But she's in rehab. Aaron, I don't think anyone's running that company. <laughs> I think everyone goes to work there every day and just sort of like... Hopes for the best. Hey, what are we... Are we doing real estate or are we doing that magazine? Do we work here? What do we... What's our job? <laughs> hey, hey, what do we do? Uh, what kind of company are we? There was a model home that got burned down. Which we'll hear about a lot this episode. There was... Our, our, our current... Our former CEO got investigated for crime. So then his wife became the CEO, Wait, but no, then he, she did porn. He got investigated for crime, but then it actually revealed that he was... Supporting his daughter. The, the, yes. 
I just realized that, that by him also unlocking, he put that entire company at risk. Yes. Which is a, I mean, I, I guess I he stepped out as, which helped, but still. But then Julie was in charge, so... Anyway, anyway, a lot of people are sad. They're talking to each other. Well, you know who's not sad? Jess is still in this, se- <laughs> this series. How is Jess still on this TV show? She's finding ways to get involved. And in this scene, well, she's waiting for Trey, then Trey just sitting outside. Um, we learn, I guess, what Jess has been up to. Which is setting up drug deals. She, So she, she's a supplier for drug dealers? So she takes the high-end drugs and then sells them to the mid-level drug dealers? I guess so. So that means she's a high-level... It's like she's a supplier, but she's not a... So what? does she make cocaine? Okay, so what what it's saying is that... that uh, how to explain this? Okay, so she comes and she's talking to Trey. She's like, hey, graduation season. That's good money. And I thought it was because, yeah, because you have those graduation parties. You sell yeah. drugs to them. No, turns out someone else is going to sell drugs to people. And she's going to sell those drugs to the someone else. Yes. And make $15,000. Which I think she thinks is a lot more money than it actually is. And she'll give half of it to Trey if he'll... Be in the room? It, to, I guess be her muscle, which I'm like, Trey, you're picking Trey. Trey is your muscle. Trey, the weedy guy. I mean, I know you know he's been to jail, but other people don't know that. <laughs> is that how you're going to introduce him? This is Trey. He's been to jail. He don't stole ask a for car. What, don't ask for what reason. Look at that tattoo on his arm. It's from jail. <laughs> and look at the muscles. They're there somewhere, I'm sure. Trey, take off your shirt. <laughs> no, I said, I tried. I said, take off your shirt. And my shirt is off. Ugh. Oh. Oh, no. And so this is where I continue, You're no KJ Appa. continue to believe Jess must be a ghost. No human girl could be into this well, plot. Well, now I'm starting to wonder if she's some sort of, like, Tyler Durden-esque. She's just a manifestation of the Trey who wants to sell drugs? Yeah. <laughs> and so some t- sometimes he's Jess, sometimes he's Trey. Oh, that could be. But uh, she she does. Yeah, it, she pulls out a literal Chekhov's gun and is like, here's a gun. Can you hold the gun? And then stupid, dumb, stupid Trey touches the gun. Trey is just like, yeah, no, I can do that. And then he takes the gun because he, he puts up the token resistance to everything. You know, I feel so bad for Trey. He's trapped in such a cycle. <laughs> when he makes the he makes the worst decisions. He, real, he has a job. It's true. Against all odds, he works at the bait shop, <laughs> and he has an apartment. He literally needs no crime. Yeah, he doesn't have to hang out with Jess. He doesn't even really like her. No, but do what she does. She apparently is just staying at his place now because she's like, I'm tired, so I'm gonna go sleep in your place. <laughs> and then Trey sits on his couch and smokes a cigarette. Look, look. the entire point I want to get across here is that we're still not sure if Jess is a ghost or not. Definitely a ghost. So then, the funeral procession. Yes, the the you see cars driving down a road. And then, like, Imogen Heat plays, it's, you know, that song, you know, the Hide one, and Seek. Yeah, yeah. that they did, they did a dance to on the first season of uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah, it feels like pop culturally, like, I don't... It, like, it's like it's a reference to something. Yeah, it feel, it, or things are... Rev- I don't know. But it's a moment. Who who knows? Maybe we'll learn why it's there. Maybe. Anyway, so that plays, and that goes over... Sandy doing the eulogy in a very Sandy-like way. He throws he throws some w- very well-intentioned shade that you know Caleb actually would like. 
And then we do see Haley doing a little bit of a reading. She just reads Psalms. <laughs> yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do, she says. Yeah, do you think she said anything else? Or I can, just that uh, one line. I can have to believe that, that away. I mean, let's be clear. This funeral shows the perfect example of these things. Sandy throws some shade. Haley goes up and just reads from a book because she has thought of anything else. And Julie does not talk. You know who else doesn't talk? Kirsten. Well, because she is... She just stares into the middle distance. Yeah. As Kelly Rowland is like, why? Why is this my character now? <laughs> I I still can't believe the arc they did with Caleb ending with this, where he was like, oh, redemption. Oh, no, he's a bad guy. Uh, he's... He has that one weird night with Julie. <laughs> Julie, where he's supposed to, like, don't get me wrong, you still be like, oh, my God, you know, it's conflicted because he's people's father and but 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 it feels like they had that weird halfway thing where they gave him a pseudo redemption they're like oh no but maybe this divorce actually is amicable well it's like they're like oh no we took him too far (laughs) survey says he's garbage (laughs) but there's but that was between the making the episodes the survey was like the other people on the other writing team (laughs) do you want to reshoot Nah, let's just give him a moment where he smiles into a pool People, people will see that and they'll be like, you know what? Maybe he isn't such a bad guy. He told Julie that he loved her once. When he dies, he'll call for Julie and that will make people feel bad. Is there going to be anyone else there? No? No, it'll make the audience feel bad. Yeah, but I mean, what, why would he call for anyone else if Julie's the only... He knows Julie's there. He just wants help. No, he's calling for Julie because he has a soul. No, he's calling for Julie because... Okay, we can't do this right now. Fine, we'll do it. It'll, all right, it'll all fix right, him. All right, Mick G. <laughs> do your thing. Oh, Mick G. Uh, so the funeral comes to an end. And Jess is busy stalking Trey at work. <laughs> yeah, because Trey does have a job. That he appears to be doing well at. And I thought he... I, I, kind, of almost, I kind of almost thought he just abandoned... I was shocked to see him back in his house. Because last time we saw him, he was just chilling and... <laughs> so I don't think he actually ran away. I think he just went to Chino to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jess clearly... It, it shows over and over that Jess has no idea what reality is. Because in this scene right now, he's like, I'm working. And she's like, well, if this, if this plan goes off, you won't ever have to work again because you'll have $7,500. It's going to make all the difference. And I'm like, what the hell? Jess, that's like three months worth of living expenses. Basically, you're giving him an emergency fund. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> that's not that's not a lot of money in the in like life. Even in two thousand and five dollars, it's not that much money. Yeah, no, inflation has not hit that hard. It's not like like oh yes, that was not a lot of money back in uh, right now. We're back in two thousand or back in nineteen not three. It was you'd be oh, set for you life. You could Trey. buy yourself a barn full of stallions. You could buy a wife. <laughs> Trey's like I don't want either of those. I don't want my wife. Yeah, so but Trey, because he always puts up the token resistance, is like, all right, well, this is my one last job. And Jess is like, cool, I'm doing it here at your work in four hours. Because <laughs> we had to do it in someplace public. Because I don't know how to do drug deals. I mean, I mean, like, to, like, yes, yeah, so, so the purpose of someplace public is the idea that neither person would try anything. Clearly, that is not the situation that's, <laughs> that's going to happen. That's not something she's concerned about. Because <laughs> no. she already gave Trey that gun. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the rest of the episode happens. 
Alright, uh, we get a little bit where uh, this is going to be a kind of scene that comes up repeatedly where two characters who have not talked in a while just sort of give each other some token attention. So Haley and Jimmy are like, hey, we dated. And Haley's like, I ran away to Japan. And Jimmy's like, no, no, I wanted you to. <laughs> I went to Hawaii, though I was not very clear about it. Someone knew, maybe. I abandoned my daughter. Again. But I'm still not the bad guy. I also slept with Julie, so it's okay that you left, Haley. <laughs> and Haley's like, well, I got my life together, so thanks, Jimmy. Uh, then the camera carries on, and we see Kirsten, where she goes to the kitchen and just pours herself a... Water goblet of vodka. A big, heaping crystal glass of vodka. And Sandy's like, maybe mix that with something? If I had never seen Kirsten in any other situation, then the situation where she pulls out vodka and and pours herself, like, a nine ounces of vodka. of vodka, I would be like, that person is an alcoholic. And Sandy does be like, we have bartenders <laughs> to give you drinks. And Kirsten's like, don't talk to me, my dad's dead. They take too long. I, don't you understand that I'm sad? Not right now. I'm gonna drink this and <laughs> just... Chugs vodka. Chugs straight vodka. And Sandy's like, uh-oh. So Julie watches this, and Julie's like, hmm, I've known many alcoholics. Sandy, would you like me to be on Kristen Watch? Ju- Julie is willing to be... I the bad down, guy. I wrote down bad guy, because the problem... And this is this is kind of an aside. <laughs> saying Julie's willing to be the bad guy is a lot different connotation than saying Julie's willing to be the bad girl. <laughs> it's true. In this case... Bad guy, correct. Yeah. Bad girl, also maybe correct. <laughs> if we go based off of the um, uh, that that musical, she would be the bad doll. That's also something different. <laughs> That's just assuming that the uh, other nomenclature of guys is dolls. Well, guys and dolls. That's guys all. And dolls. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Obviously. So all of the kids lurk around. <laughs> yeah, just very oh. There's also bad man, which is different because I say someone's going to be the bad man. The sad man behind blue eyes. Yeah. And and saying someone's willing to be the bad woman also doesn't work. Makes her a black widow murderer? I don't know. I've never heard... I don't know what a bad woman is. I don't think bad woman... I don't think that's a phrase. It's American woman. Oh. I'm willing to be the American woman. And then he's like, okay. All right, get away from me. Sure, go talk to Kirsten, Julie. So the kids... All feel equally awkward in this funeral. Ryan keeps getting asked if he's the one who burned down the 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 mobile, house, the model home, and gave Caleb his first heart attack. Uh, people keep assuming that Marissa is devastated, and Marissa's like, you know, I got other things to worry me. Also, she somehow got hair extensions between last episode and this episode because her hair is way thicker than it was the last time we saw it. Yeah, she had well, she had dress up for the funeral. Oh yes, and Seth is just. Seth, he's well, he's Seth, an introvert. He can't handle other people. Well, also, Seth's like, I was just focusing on that thing with my mom. I think my mom might be like an alcoholic. <laughs> Meanwhile, Curson walking around <laughs> with nine ounces of vodka, and he's like, I think my mom might be an alcoholic. And Ryan's like, let's just go to the pool house. Yeah. So, oh, we r- let's we are about to get a scene with a bunch of characters that is always insane to see together. Now we fr- we sort of alluded to, but. Seth did share with Summer his concern that his mom is an alcoholic. I mentioned that outright. You alluded to it. We didn't say Seth. You said... were super focused on spa- on Sparkle Pony. 
Princess Sparkle. And I was focused on the fact that Seth was telling Summer about how his mom's an alcoholic. You said he was sad about that. Now I'm saying that she he told her. Right. So Summer sees Kirsten lurching about with <laughs> with nine, ounce, nine ounces of vodka. And Summer heads right over there with some smoked smoked salmon. It's like, hey, how about you uh, take eat this bread, eat, eat something. And then Kirsten's like, I'm fine. Thank you. My dad's dead. <laughs> Thank you for your help, but I'm... I'm doing good. And then Summer's like, uh-huh. One thing I learned from my stepmom is you should never drink on an empty stomach, so please take this salmon. And, and I like I like the seamless insertion of Summer into this storyline, because it makes sense, but I cannot remember the last time Summer... Spoke to an adult? Talked to Kirsten or Sandy. I don't think she's ever talked to Kirsten, actually, at all. I don't all. think so. She's talked to Sandy before. So Kirsten lurches off, and Sandy comes on up, having seen that Summer is... Apparently the only functional teenager. <laughs> well, you see that Summer gets it. And he's like... Oh, I see you've seen the nine ounces of vodka. Perhaps we would not like Seth to see that. Could you take him somewhere else? Well, the thing is, actually, he's, he's like, hey, we're probably... like He pretty much says, like, hey, we're gonna, you know... Like, he pretty much alludes to, hey, we're gonna try to get a rehab. There'll probably be an intervention. But Summer... But he's... Because Summer's so smart and sort of gets it, he's like, I have to say a lot of these things. You get it. Why don't you get Seth out of here for a little bit? Because things are going to get sloppy. It is going to get worse before it gets anything else. Yeah. So Summer goes to all the, the kids playing with their stuff and says, hey, the food here sucks. I ate an entire salmon. However, let's go get some chili cheese fries and go to the bait shop. Okay, what bugs me about that? That specific thought process is she's like, hey, let's go get food. Let's go to the one place we always go to get food, the di- the bait shop. We know they have the diner. <laughs> Perhaps she's alluding they should go to two places because I don't think the bait shop sells food. Yeah, like it's <laughs> – it doesn't. The, and the bait shop's not where they go for food. Yeah, it's a real – The leap. diner's where they go for food. Really, her line should have been like, oh, this music, this funeral music is so depressing. Let's go somewhere fun. Yeah. Why don't we go try to take our minds off of it? Yeah. We're we're young kids. And Marissa's immediate response, though, is, oh, my God, Trey. And Ryan is like, I still don't know what your issue is, but he doesn't work tonight. He works during daytimes. Oh, they do mention the the yeah. working thing. I thought it was like they just go to the bait shop and I'm like, well, you're going to the place where he works. No, Ryan says he works during daytimes. Okay, I miss that. So they go to the bait shop, which is weirdly bumping. Like there's a DJ who's playing like techno music. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the bait shop is anymore. Where are the maudlin sad bands? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we do get we do get a little bit that hey, Aaron, maybe uh, the OC writers came from the past and listened to our podcast because Seth goes, "Do I work here?" I should figure that out for tax purposes. Which is like, yeah, I also don't know if he works there. Who knows? He doesn't know. No mm. one knows. Uh, but Trey is there, and everything is awkward. And so is Jess, who is the meanest person in the world. For <laughs> she goes up to him, she's like, "You guys are fancy." <laughs> And Seth's like, yes, we just came from my grandfather's funeral. You may be aware of him. He is, like, the leader of Newport. And she's like, oh, your grandpa must have been old. Thanks, Jess. And then Seth is like, are you a ghost? I can see right through you. Now, I could just... <laughs> You know, there was vodka and water glasses at the funeral. Yeah, I found a nine-ounce glass. I assumed it was water because who would put that much vodka in it? I chugged it all. I'm drunk. 
but you are see-through. Ryan, Ryan, is that girl a ghost? Yeah, she's a ghost. Like, we just, we don't talk about it. We don't know what her goals are. We don't know what her unfinished business is. If we ignore her, we assume she'll go away. Maybe back to the crossroads where she made a deal. <laughs> but anyway, so Jess and Trey head up upstairs. Jess has this one weird line where she's like, because Trey's like, oh, doing this in my job was one thing. But now with Ryan here, but Jess is like, oh, what? You don't want to sell drugs in front of Marissa? And Trey's I, like, no, literally, my brother thinks I'm a good guy, you dummy. I don't think Jess can comprehend non-sexual base relationships. That's true. She does try to sleep with everyone. Well, and also the amount, of, like... <laughs> she, she's horrified by Trey being friends with Marissa. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he does have feelings for her. But Jess brings up, like, but she assumes everybody has feelings for everyone. I also feel like... Jess, like, forced Trey to have feelings for Marissa. I don't think he did. Oh, no, no. She 100% gaslighted him into that. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like we learn, we learn so much about Jess. It's all terrible. But there's a lot in the background that she's a damaged person. I do feel bad for this actress because she has <laughs> nothing good to work with. She is playing a ghost. Just a one-dimensional character. When she eventually sees those drug dealers, she's like, so you two are, like, banging, right? Like, no, we're we're just... We're, we're drug dealer buddies. Nah. Mm, but you spend a lot of time together, don't you? What? <laughs> Do you know how to have just... Friends? Friends. What? What are friends? You want to do drugs? Friends? No. Uh, we get a quick scene where Marissa and Summer kind of talk about Trey. This essentially is a precursor to a later conversation. Summer asks Marissa things and Marissa ignores her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And then Seth and Ryan talk base about how they're both doing, and Ryan ignores Seth, for he sees Trey and Jess walking upstairs with the drug dealers. Well, he doesn't even see the Jess there with the drug dealers first. He, Ryan continues his use of, of amazing eyesight and insight to just see two people, and it's like, those people are drug dealers. And then they walk upstairs and meet Jess. He had no reason to, sl- to, look at those people. to pick those two people out of the crowd, but he follows them up and then meet Jess. He's like, oh, no. Something's going on here. Kevin, it's his OC training. Oh, that's true. He is it's, a superhero. It, it's been a while. I mean, he's been so confused. <laughs> he's had no extra energy, but all of a sudden, his superpowers, they're kicking in. And he's like, oh, I sense danger. Yeah, so you see the drug dealers. I guess these are the... She says the kids who essentially supply Garden Grove. But these are but These, these are, are like two these grown are, Asian men. Yeah, these are... There's five of them we see later. Yeah, and they're this, grown men. This is just a gang. She's supplying a g- I don't think Jess realizes, like, what she's doing. And this is, like, a real gang. Like, this is not, like, Riverdale. This is not, like, the Serpents. It's not even, like, the dumb gargoyles. Yeah, this this is, like, a gang gang. Though they're also not great. <laughs> it's, uh... it's still pretty dumb. Yeah. So we have a short scene where um, it's a, it's another Sandy one, and Jimmy are just kind of catching up because they haven't seen each other for a long time. It's one of those time. scenes where two characters who have not seen each other in a while sort of just talk about things. But then Julie comes and interrupts because the thing with Kirsten has gone too far. <laughs> she can't corral her. Julie, I feel like, could have done more <laughs> that she didn't do. Uh, she literally saw Kirsten with a bottle half of a, vodka. Half a bottle of vodka. Kirsten is just walking around. Just stumbling through the party. Half, and once again, with let's take... No, like, there's been a lot of clues that Kirsten has problems with alcohol throughout this season, even really early on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, e- like not even the moment where she like does that thing, the dramatic moment where she pulls the vodka out of the fridge and that whole thing. Before that, there were indications. There's been a lot of sad wine drinking. Yes, but if I had not seen any of that, the nine ounces of vodka and then same person later just walking out with a bottle of vodka. That's much more than just oh, you're having a bad night. That is okay. Yeah, <laughs> you got a problem. So she's stumbling. Sandy heads over and he's like, "Hey, buddy." It's time for you to go to bed. And Kirsten, being Kirsten and drunk and sad. Is fine. She's fine. fine. She smashes the vodka balls. Ah, look what you've done. This is Sandy's fault. Yeah. And then she will not allow Sandy to help her up to her room. Julie and Jimmy have to do it. And Haley watches her sister walk away and then turns and looks at Sandy. Well, that's what I said. That's what I mean. Like, Haley has not, has, essentially just stayed a distance away trying to figure out what's going on. And at this moment, she knows. Well, everyone at this party knows. I'm not sure if she knows. (laughs) The look she gives Sandy is like, Sandy, what was that? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I thought the look was, Sandy, this far? (laughs) Why did you put Julie in charge of this, Sandy? (laughs) (laughs) so aaron yes kevin this is a very sad episode we're about to get into so why don't you tell me what made you happy this week this week i finished the most recent sonnet Shauna McGuire book. Ooh. So good. Called This October Day Witchcraft. No, it's oh. her other series, the Encrypted series. Oh, cool. So the October Day books come out in the fall, near October. Good. And the Encrypted series comes out in the spring, usually usually like March, May. All right, cool. Um, but even more delightful, I went to a major used bookstore in Calgary. Yeah. And I have, you know, I mean, I can buy these books directly from the distributor, but... Uh, it's a lot of books, Jonah. And I like to buy used books. I like to support local businesses. Yeah. I can never find Sean McGuire books in Fair's Fair ever. And I found two yesterday. Ooh. So I snapped them up like that. I was so happy. <laughs> um, so if you like fantasy, if you like fairies, if you like sometimes cults, if you like uh, people who can read people's minds, read those Sean McGuire books. Telepaths. Telepaths. There well, they're, I guess they're not even people who can read people's minds. Telepaths works fine. They're like wasps in human bodies. Telepaths, if you're going to read someone's mind, is telepathy. So, Kevin, what did you like this week? Uh, this is just a series of things. I've just been watching a whole lot of uh, <laughs> people playing tabletop games. <laughs> and so this is more of just a thing that, like, hey, I like tabletop games. I've been watching, I mean, there's the old, there's the old tabletop series, so that's Will Wheaton. And on the same Geek and Sundry, there's Game the Game. Uh, Funhouse has their board of board as hell. Um, Achievement Hunter is Let's Roll. There's a bunch of just you watching people play. And I've been keeping essentially a list of, like, games now that I would want to pick up. So, it's weird. It's I'm I'm happy about the thought of looking at this list of games. And then and getting them? some of them and playing them. So, I have a question. How does one record live board gameplay? Because uh, I understand lots of cameras. Ah, many angles. <laughs> many angles. Lots of editing. Yep, yep. A lot of like the cards sliding on screen so the audience can see them, things like that. That'd be fun to edit. Like you could do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, there's. I'm been sure a lot it would take cool a lot, things. a long time, but yeah, yeah. I, I much rather watch edit. There, people do live streams of board games. That seems boring. Yeah, because you can't get as much. 
there, and they have to do all this thing where sometimes where someone has to like take a close-up camera and film what's yeah. going on. The edit works better for tabletop games. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Well, we're going to play some board games on Wednesday, Friday. Yep, for Easter. Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> Friday. Friday. For Easter. For Easter, because our parents are in the UK. So we're having our own Easter. <laughs> it's not correct. Just maybe the worst uh, drug dealer in existence. I like how Jess demonstrates how good the drugs are by doing, by the, doing them herself. And then asking him to do them. Like, I don't know what... Like, we just cut in and she's and she's just snorting some cocaine through a rolled up bill. But I don't know what led to that moment where she's like, don't worry, these drugs are real good. Hold on a second. Then does her own drugs in front of them. Well, yeah, because I watched her do it and I was like, oh, she's testing the drugs. Then I was like, wait. Yeah. I'm like, she's what? selling the drugs. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I had the same thing. Like, wait, were we wrong? Is she buying the drugs? No, no. She sniffs, then says, where's the money? And then he shows her some money. She's like, cool, I got a whole bag of stuff just as good as these drugs I just took. (laughs) I think he does do drugs, though. She's like, all right, now you do your drugs. Well, they're very bad at drugs. Because, well, also she's, so she gives them the bag of the Coke, and he's like, cool, I don't have enough money. I'm going to pay you in installments. Installments of never. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, we'll pay you when we pay you. And I'm like, okay, now there's a lot of things here. Number one, Jess is clearly real bad at this. But number two, she clearly is your supplier. Yeah, if you don't pay don't... her, where are you going to get drugs from in the future? She, only, she actually didn't sell you a whole lot of drugs once again. I guess they're just thinking that she's, like, tidying them over until her boyfriend gets out of jail. Yeah, like, I'm assuming that the re- the reason she has any of this is contact from her... The... <laughs> Although he can't still be in jail. He's like a rich white boy. I don't know. How long has it been since she overdosed? How long has she been a ghost for? I don't know, but I I don't know. I don't know this whole process. I'm just going to tell, we'll just tell the audience the facts. The facts is, just uh, does some drugs. Asks another man to do some drugs. Then sees some money. The man takes the cocaine and speed and ecstasy. He does say we're not paying for the cocaine, which I think means she's still getting paid for the speed and ecstasy. I get it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because what happens is that he does that. Uh, Jessica's upset, and then what we learned that actually what Trey's job was to just be a gun holster. <laughs> he does the job that literally a purse could do <laughs> because now Jess is on cocaine. So she grabs that she gun. Grabs the gun. She points at the drug dealers. She's like, ah, you won't shoot me. I believe then she says, Who's the bitch now? Yeah. Which I don't, is a leap. I'm not sure if I because I can't remember the scene. I'm not sure if he called her a bitch. I think it's funnier if he did it and she's just like, Who's the bitch now? And he's like, I didn't say what, that. What's now? What? What anyway, she shoots. Hold him. on, I can see through are you a ghost? <laughs> She was solid before she did the drugs. <laughs> Maybe the drugs are the only thing that's keeping her solid. That's why she could grab the gun. Oh, maybe. She did some cocaine, gave her a little bit of solidity. And now, now she has that gun. That's why she had to have Trey hold the gun. Because she wasn't ready. She wasn't. She didn't do her drugs yet. She has the worst ghost. I don't remember that, that, that part of the movie Ghosts. Ghosts, uh, not ghosts. <laughs> ghost. Well, or the Frighteners, I, I don't know. I don't know any of the ghost movies, really. Anyway, so she's threatening to shoot him, He's like, and he's like, oh, you won't shoot me. And then she doesn't. She just shoots above him, and the obvious thing happens, which is everyone runs. 
as you do when you're in a mass shooting situation. Which means that <laughs> that nothing happened here. I don't think just I you know she got money. She got money. I, what, that's why I think they just paid her for the ex for the speed and the ecstasy. I guess they just didn't pay for the coke. And I think she may also have the drugs. I don't know. She grabbed some, but I thought they grabbed the bag. I don't understand the process that's going on here. I don't know who gets out with what, but that's because the show doesn't want us to care. She fires the gun up in the air, and then everyone f- falls and screams, and runs. they run out. Ryan sees them running out. They do some more shootings as they run. I don't think the I don't think the gangsters had any drugs, had any guns. I think it's just Jess firing wildly. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, as they dropped to the ground, Marissa whacked her head on a broken glass. It was a moment of panic because she's clearly injured, but no, it's just broken glass. She's very unlucky. Yeah. And Ryan just stares at the chaos and is like, why? Why? Why can't I have nice things? <laughs> well, I get a, well, it's the next morning. We get a very quick scene where Sandy and Haley sort of just talk about Kirsten. And they make a plan. Haley's going to get Kirsten out of the house so they can get the intervention into the house. Yeah, so John Rehabman can come in and do his... It's John Rehabman's patented in- intervention. And so uh, Haley's going to take Kirsten to the spa and Rehabman's going to be in to do the rehab. And while that's going on, Ryan goes to see Trey. And he's 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 cutting ties with him. He's done. And, and he- he's so done that Trey has to leave the OC. <laughs> the, the, the exact note I wrote was Ryan is cutting ties so hard he's kicking Trey out of Newport. Which, don't get me wrong, Ryan. You can be like, I'm done with you. You can't tell him to leave the city. Because he's not living in your house. He lives in an apartment he has a lease on. He, uh, he, he owns that apartment. He has a job. You don't have to deal with it, but but that's just Ryan being like, if you're here, I'll have to see you. You're going to do stuff. The, I can't escape you, Trey. The only people I never see again are people who leave, like Jimmy and Luke and Alex. And Anna. You ha- And Mom. Yeah. You have to be like them. <laughs> you have to leave. It just... It's just... <laughs> It just feels real harsh for Ryan to be like, now drop everything and leave. And Trey's like, oh, oh okay. No. We'll be gone by tomorrow. Uh, well, let's check in with Island Jimmy. So uh, non-Island Julie is trying to figure out how to use a coffee machine. And Island Jimmy knew that would be a problem. <laughs> so it brings her coffee and donuts from 7-Eleven. And she loves it. And none of that's not all he's bringing. He's bringing the island to Julie. So he invites her, oh, and Marissa, to go on a boat. (laughs) Jimmy, settle down. It's been one One day. day. And you don't know the state of things. She could have been very in love with Caleb. (laughs) He's just assuming that he didn't know that murder plot was happening. No. I don't think he even knows about the porn. He knows nothing. He's been on a boat. Well, though, he has been about just circling Newport. But, you know, you miss things. That's true. When you're forever circling. (laughs) He's, he did have one of those those big, like, captain's beards, but he shaved him off, and he's like, Oh, Caleb's dead now. Time oh, to shave the beard. Oh, my time has come. <laughs> so Been surviving off of mimosas and clam. So Marissa sleeps too late, so she can't go on the boat adventure. But Julie will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a pretty... Uh, man, just like a very harsh scene here, where, where Seth tries to pull some information out of Sandy... He and Sandy both pretend to be very blasé and just chitter-chat about food. But they both clearly want... They both want to reach the same place, but neither one of them is like, how do we... 
How do we do this? So because Sandy's the adult, he explains that Kirsten is an alcoholic and she needs to go to rehab. And Seth, because he's a child, loses his mind. Yeah, he's like, like, well, why don't we just ask her to stop? And Sandy's like, oh, we definitely have my son. Oh, it's not going to work. He's like, well, we don't have to send her away. It's it's a really good moment. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to help shift. He doesn't want to help ship her off. Yeah. Which really, like, it just drives home that he's 16. He yeah. doesn't... He's He storms out as Ryan comes in, and Ryan's like, well, Sandy, do you want me to <laughs> explain it to him? Because you're doing the right thing. I should know. Don't worry, Sandy. You know what? We're supposed to share this burden, Sandy. I can take this one. And Sandy's like, no, Ryan, today I am the only dad. You can be dad tomorrow. But today you can be a kid. Let me go be a dad. Uh, so we have a so we have a scene here that I found was kind of weird for me because Summer comes to see Marissa, and I have a question for you: Is Summer shouting? She comes and she's like, "Hello, Marissa. It's good to see you." Well, like, why is she yelling? Because she also wants to make her way to the only reasonable conclusion. <laughs> like, like don't, get, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a misacting thing on um, uh, Rachel Wilson. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's just a funny, <laughs> like, character trait of Summer. And when she wants to get to something, she just comes in and starts shouting <laughs> just, like, calm things at people. Well, you know who's downstairs? Jimmy Cooper. Perhaps she spoke to him on her way up and being like... <laughs> Jimmy, no, he, how do I pretend to be cool? He's not downstairs. Are Remember? they already gone? Yeah, because w- what did Julie say? I'll leave her a note. Oh, that's right. They're gone. I was just going to say, she has the same level of cool as Jimmy Cooper. <laughs> Summer so. just walked into the house. No one let her in. No. <laughs> she just came in shouting. Anyway, so she tries to get the tray information on Marissa, and much Marissa like Marissa just Seth, starts crying. She succeeds. So uh, Sandy goes to follow up with his son... And the boys, you know, Sandy and yeah. Seth, just have the saddest lines. Like Sandy being like, hey, I'm really sorry. Maybe I should have told you about your mom's alcoholism earlier. And then Seth following up with, how long will she go away for? And then Sandy uh, replies with, I don't know, like a couple months, probably. In the same time you went to Portland and Ryan went to... Yeah, you uh, know. Like, until the next season begins, effectively. Yeah, basically until school starts. That's how long people go away for. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be like, you know, two months. We'll probably have a maybe a couple, maybe a couple of weeks where she's actually there. Maybe one week. Yeah, but you know, a normal amount of time. You know, the normal, the, the normal amount of off-screen time to let just let time pass. I think it was a, a little bit of interesting time to wrap it up. <laughs> so when we come back, there's new stories, new things going along, new situations. That's why people go away, Seth. <laughs> So, oh, a terrible lesson for that boy to learn. Oh, so hard. So Seth confides in his dad that he doesn't think he can be a part of the intervention. But he's but Sandy to say, well, we'll That's be down okay. there if you want yep. to. It's hard, buddy. You're a kid. So let's head into that interve- intervention because Kirsten and Haley drive back from the spa. And it, Kirsten's in very good spirits because she's sober and she got a massage. <laughs> yep. Yep. But Haley knows what's coming. So they get back home. And it's, it's like, this scene is just an intervention. Yeah, and it hits, you know, the logical, reasonable beats. Yeah, so uh, Sandy's first, and Sandy's pretty good. Uh, then Haley comes up next, and Haley's also 
good. And Kirsten sort of responds the way she does. You know, to Sandy, she tells him that he's overreacting. This is dumb. He's being silly. Yeah. To Haley, she says, well, you had drugs and alcohol, and I never shipped you well, away. No. I mean, her response is, and I just told you to do better things. I didn't force you to try to do better things. And I'm like, okay, now she's really stretching. She's really trying. But then Ryan, like... The scene is going to end with Seth, but Ryan drops a tactical nuclear strike and is like, my mom abandoned me because she's an alcoholic. You will not do the same thing. I can't lose another person I love. <laughs> you can see Kirsten's like, oh no, I forgot about Ryan. Because she tried to shout at him, don't you dare say anything. I took you into my house. And he's like, I know. Do you remember the reason why? I love you so much. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, his... his We'll edit visit. She turns around because she's like upset, and then she's Seth done is with this. She's gonna run out. So after all these drops, uh, Seth comes in and sort of just sneaks in the assassin knife, which is just like, "Mom, please don't be an alcoholic anymore." And he said, "Please," and she breaks down. Yeah, and like that's very sweet, but I mean, man, Ryan just blew the entire thing apart. Without that, Ryan, I don't know if this intervention would have no, worked. No, but because Ryan has been there, it's like, this is literally the situation. You saved you, me you from. You saved me from. I will not allow it to happen again. I will carry you to that rehab myself if I have to. Yeah, then they all hug and Kirsten says their goodbyes and the boy's like, well, we'll take care of Sandy. And... Oh, don't worry. We'll just put a stage in the living room with the soundtrack to Starlight Express. Yeah, she heads off. Uh, and as she's heading off, we get this quick thing where Jimmy and Julie come back. Uh, Jimmy, because he has no chill, decides to throw out the line. He's like, oh, is it weird because it's, it's the day after your husband's funeral? And like, Julie's Jimmy, like, don't mention it. And Julie's like, yes, I do feel guilty. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy has – who was it? There's someone else. Was it from the OC or was it from Riverdale? Who their way of flirting is to just – like tell someone the bad things they're doing i think <laughs> no it was jimmy the same thing he was doing when he was cheating with her he's like oh sir sure sir it's bad that you're cheating on your husband with me like stop mentioning it stop, it's not flirty jimmy but apparently for julie it is and he's like oh you know maybe maybe i don't have to go to hawaii yeah and it... julie's like maybe not and then they hold their hands and then i throw up <laughs> Julie has really, like, she's really worked her way into my heart. Yeah. But these two are the worst couple that has ever coupled. <laughs> yeah, well, Jimmy, Jimmy, I, I feel like the reason they had to do is because they're like, well, we got to put it in before the end of the season. But it's such... It like, moves so fast. Especially considering how we, it sort of felt like it's supposed to end with Julie being, like, cool with... They, I just want Julie to learn how to be alone. That would be nice. I know it's not going to happen, but... Well, speaking of being alone and then not being alone... This is a super weird scene. Trey is trying to leave. He is in his apartment packing. And just the ghost has wandered through the wall. Yes, because where did... She's sitting on the couch, which means she sat there and watched him pack for how long? <laughs> and then finally says... Are you going somewhere? Yeah, and then... Like, she has to be a ghost. There's no other explanation. The only option is that she is a ghost. But she takes this situation. She's like... Because like, Trey's leaving. Just being... Just... You know how we say that uh, that Cheryl's chaotic neutral? Jess is just... Cha just the embodiment of chaos. She is the plane of chaos. She's... 
she must be chaotic evil though. There's she's not even neutral. Oh, she no, is no, only she's evil. She's chaotic evil. Um, but she, she comes like, hey, I know you're leaving. What if instead we go gambling? And she just drops the one like three wads of damp money. It's damp, right? <laughs> it looks it soggy. Lo- <laughs> Whatever this money was, it was in a place that was not completely dry. She throws it on the coffee table and then she's like, cool, I'm going to steal my stepdad's Beamer. See you at eight. Yeah. And then we'll go to Las Vegas. I'm like, what is this plan? What do you think? <laughs> Why is stealing things and causing more crime a solution? <laughs> I, I do like the moment earlier where Trey's like, why aren't you just a normal teenager? <laughs> and Trey neither agrees nor disagrees to the story. He's just like, if I don't say anything, she'll go away. <laughs> Once again, token resistance. So Ryan and Seth, sad pool float. And Seth is like, you know what? This isn't making my emotions better. This is the first time in like forever where someone has used that pool as a pool. I know. And then there's a doorbell. And Seth throws out... My second favorite reference of the episode. I bet that's Oliver. Could it be Oliver? <laughs> After the way things are going, I bet that's Oliver. And I'm like, oh, you mean Bolivar. There were some cute references where Ryan's like, I could take you to the old folks' home. That might distract you. Shuffleboard. Oliver, Bolivar, Bolivar Oliver is first season. It was years ago. Yeah, still bringing that up. But no, it's not Bolivar. It's Summer. And she needs very much to talk to Seth very privately right now, right this second. Yeah, so she lets Seth know about what I'm just going to call the situation. And uh, she says to Seth, Marissa didn't tell Ryan because she knows what Ryan's like. And Seth goes, I know what Ryan's like. I have to tell him right now. Like, like, like we, like he, he's got to know. He ha- I know what I'm like. I know what he, he has to know. I, I like, he, one of the things he says is like, oh, well, I mean, like, I, I'm worried that Trey, like, well, like, what if he attacks you? And I'm like, well, Summer would reduce him to atoms oh yeah he would no longer exist yeah like that is a different situation but it's nice of you to care yeah it's very sweet of seth yeah, sweet uh <laughs> uh there's a scene that i'm gonna say it's kind of a useless scene like don't get me wrong it's emotional but kirsten arrives at the rehab and they they have another goodbye and you know sandy tries to be really positive about everything they find out they can't have any phone calls for 72 hours it's, like let's let's be clear this scene is just a placeholder to break things up because it just rehashes things we've already seen and also because we need some time to pass after summer told seth before seth tells ryan which is what happens next yeah so he uh he's the one he goes to tell ryan and finally ryan knows what's been going on he's been asking for so long I, and once again he does Nothing, and it just happens to him. And he goes shatters. Blank. It's Ben McKenzie for how young he was when yeah. he was playing Ryan. Kills it. He he does have one weird line that I feel like must have been some miswriting where he says, "All year I've tried to be a different person," and I'm like, "Have you?" Like. All year? Because I think you changed a long time ago, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you changed back when you went and did that really responsible construction job to support your child, possible child. Yeah, in fact, even then, you were this different person. Yeah. You didn't fit in in Cheeto anymore. Yeah, it very clearly just wants to be a dramatic line where he's like, I tried to be a good person, but they keep dragging me back in. It's a real Archie Andrews line. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then he storms off. He goes. Now, dumb interlude... Julian, ja- Julian, Jamie, Julian, yeah. Jimmy, break the news that they're staying to Marissa, or that they're staying, that Jimmy's staying. <laughs> Jimmy's like, oh, I can do this, you know. 
Only if you want to, Marissa. Marissa's remember, like, remember when I abandoned you? But now, but now your mom's single, so I'm back. And Marissa's like, I literally don't care. Jimmy is so scummy in this episode. He literally abandoned his daughter because he was sad that his girlfriend went to Japan. Went to Japan. I also, mean, I he, he had no, broken he, up with his. He did try to try to actually abandon her before that. He tried to go to Japan with Haley. Yes, and he does sleep with Julie, and then he realizes he needs to get away from Julie, which is why he goes to Hawaii. And then he comes back and immediately gets sucked into the Julie again. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's sweet that he keeps mentioning Marissa, and when he left, he's like, Marissa, I have to leave. I'm your father, and I'm sad, so I must go someplace and not be your father anymore. Also in this scene, they pay some mild <laughs> lip service to Caitlin. Who did not come home for the funeral of her stepfather. But will come home for summer break so they can all take a trip together. <laughs> Why didn't Caitlin come home for the funeral? You just have a little dark-haired girl. Don't zoom in too close to her. It's fine. It's, it's so, like, such a weird thing. Like, also, we didn't tell Caitlin that uh, Caleb... We didn't even tell him we actually got married. Well, she also wasn't at the wedding, so... Nope. But she knew that they were engaged because she used to evil eye Ryan. I know. Who knows what Caitlin knows and doesn't know? Caitlin has been manipulating this behind the scenes all along. All right. Well, that doesn't matter because Marissa gets a phone call and it's Seth and Summer and they lost Ryan immediately. They're like, oh no, he he just ran off. He took a car. I imagine Ryan stalked out. Seth was like, oh God, I got to tell Summer. Hey, Summer, I told Ryan. He didn't take well. He stalked off somewhere. And then they heard a car start. <laughs> so they're like... Okay, so he's going to be gone now. So wherever Marissa lives is closer to Trey's house than the Cohen house. Yeah, that palace is closer to the seedy motel. So uh, hopefully she can get there first and stop him. Everyone converges on Trey. Uh, Ryan gets there and he's like angry at Trey. And then Trey... Does not know how to de-escalate a situation. (laughs) At all. Trey, I think, gets shoved by Ryan. And so then Trey pulls his gun. (laughs) Trey grabs the gun. Like, that... Oh man, what a what an insane leap. That's that's why in real life guns are terrible because they do not de-escalate situations at all. So he points again at Ryan, he's like, "Just go. I'm leaving. Just go away." Yeah, but Ryan's like, "Okay, if you put a gun at me." Well, he turns around and he comes back and he tackles him down. And he shouts, "You had to wreck it. You had to hurt her," which is <gasps> oh. Yeah, so they, they start fighting. They're fighting. Marissa comes in. Ryan hits Trey's head into the wall a couple times. Unfortunately, Trey is a much better scrapper, for he has been in jail. Also, he's a full-grown adult. And he has Ryan pinned to the ground in a stranglehold. Yeah. Is killing him. Yeah. Is going to smash him over the head with a telephone. However. Marissa picks up a gun and shoots him in the back. And then, what you say? Yeah, that that plays. Blood drips through. Onto uh, Ryan. Falls down. Marissa falls down. <laughs> Everyone falls down. Well, I guess I guess Ryan uh, gets up and walks over to Marissa. Then falls down. Summer and Seth run in and are like, oh nope. Should we, should we lie down? Should Everyone's we, on the ground. Oh, okay, and they just lie down. Big credits. Season two. More ghosts. So, Aaron, 
Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic fell into a pool, down to the deep depths of the pool, the bottom of it, if you will, only to emerge as drama? Uh, the thing with this particular episode is it's not a tight episode, but not a lot happened. It was just a lot of pathos. Well, I mean, there's a lot of dramatic moments that you could say were kind of unnecessary. Unnecessary, but also not un- illogical. No. Like, most of them were things that you were like, oh, okay. Ah, oh, Jimmy. It's Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy and his, and his, hey, I hear you've been a widow for a day flirting. Yeah. We've already had this storyline. I don't need it again. And Jimmy and Julie make each other worse. <laughs> I was starting to like Julie. Yeah. 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 I mean, she pulled Caleb out of that pool with her tiny Julie arms. I she mean, didn't save him. We don't but... know if she did that, actually. We just saw her dive in. She could, and she grabbed him. He could have stayed at the bottom. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what's your CW moment? Now, this is sort of a hot take, and you might disagree. Because I think it's a CW moment. I think it's also the crux of the episode. <laughs> okay. But it's the final scene. It's the it's the scene with the gun. Like, don't get me wrong. That is super dramatic and super, like, it's... It is, it is, it is a very powerful scene. But all I could think of while that was going on, effectively, is that Marissa comes in and it and she's in that scene for actually a long time of the fighting. Shouting, you're killing Shouting, him. shouting. And all I could think of was the last time Trey attacked her, she grabbed a driftwood and knocked him out. And there are four table legs around her. <laughs> That's true, because the boys... But you know what? She saw what happened when she hit him with the driftwood. He came back. <laughs> but she got away. She got away. All like, and essentially, and here's the thing. This is a, this is a weird thing where, like, this is also what's good reason. Because I don't like guns in real life. And that's the problem is they do with that. Is that she, if that gun wasn't there, she would have maybe picked up. She would have done, she didn't really put much of a trying to help other than the, and it's a bad situation. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. But it does feel dramatically like. The gun is there, so obviously someone has to get shot with the gun. Well, I th- I think that this scene falls prey to the same problem that we had last episode with the Kirsten and uh, Caleb fight. Yeah. In that... You need to reach a point. Yeah. Well, no, I just... I feel like these guys aren't great at writing fights that ramp up. Well, I mean, it's... Realistically. Like, I mean, it's worth mentioning that essentially you... I mean, this is part of probably Trey's problem. Ryan shoves Trey. Trey draws a gun. Well, I just think, like, let's say Marissa did hit him with a um, yeah, with a table leg, and he turned around, he shoves her, and then he goes back to Ryan. Yeah, then she gets then the she gun. gets the gun. I I would have liked her if she had even at some like he didn't he didn't put any focus on her at all. Like I there wasn't even a moment where she even tried to like pull him apart. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like I would have liked her if she had done anything before picking up the gun and shooting him. I think Marissa is too afraid of Trey to get physically near him. I mean that's that's possible. I all, all I'm thinking of is the last time that happens that she actually was able to But the last time that she got near him, he hurt her. 
in a way that she has never been hurt before. I think she should have taken two of those table legs, wrapped them together using the phone cord, and just nunchucked them. But he has the phone. (laughs) Ah, it's true. We should have reached over for the phone. But yeah, I think if they're... It's this thing. The fights don't escalate. Yeah. Like... They, they, they don't... The fights don't escalate. They just reach a point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because all the scenes in the show are always so short. Yeah. And they always have, like, a really, 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 really slow build. So that when the explosion comes, it almost feels unwarranted because there wasn't enough of a final build. That's sort of what I meant by, like, this was a hot take. But, hey, it was the season finale. I could have just picked... I could have picked the scene, that scene where where they're dropping Kirsten off at the... Um, what do you call it? At the rehab place, which was an unnecessary, just extra sad scene. You know what I wanted to pick? What? Jess saying, let's run away to Vegas. Because <laughs> well, that went nowhere okay. and did nothing. And she didn't come back. Here, no, here's the thing I'm thinking of. And this is a, sort of something I want to talk about before when I was mentioning, like, the way that series are structured. That sets up, I think that sets up something for next season. Oh, probably. Because she is coming there. Wouldn't you have just expected her to arrive in the middle of that? I Wouldn't mean, that have been more interesting? I mean, yes. And also, the, the way the seasons usually work is that between seasons, reoccurring characters kind of get dropped. Like, Bolivar never came back. and Luke moved to Portland. And so, if Jess, if Jess reappears in the season premiere of season three, I'm going to be like, Jess is still in the series. How is Jess still on the show? Jess, the <laughs> Jess, the one, the one shot lower back tattoo of Buddha smoking pod girl who was overdosed is apparently the, uh, the crux of this whole thing. Eddie Balfour isn't even on the show anymore. <laughs> and it's crazy to me to think that like, like, is this going to carry over? Are they not going to pick up Two months later. Because she didn't come back, but she said she was coming back. So she has to come back, Kevin. So here, here's, here's what we will say. Right now, we, we put up the, one, the CW moments we have, but there's a hanging CW moment. If when we begin season three, if Jess still has not shown up to go to Las <laughs> Vegas, that's going to drop and that might be the official... CW, CW moment of this of episode. the OC of the OC is where a character's like, "I'll be back at eight and then never reappears <laughs> with their damp bills. Where just <laughs> why were they? Why is she so obsessed with Trey? Trey, let's go to Vegas and gamble. It's because her other boyfriend is in jail <laughs> because of Trey. <laughs> See, and I thought, like, I don't understand her motivations. She doesn't want to get revenge on Trey. Yeah, I, I thought maybe this is the episode where the other shoe's going to drop and is going to learn that she actually was mad at them all the time because of because her of boyfriend. Because of her boyfriend going to jail? But, no, I don't. She genuinely seems to really like Trey, which means that she's just jealous of Marissa. And that's <laughs> the only reason she does. But why is she so mean to Trey all the time? <laughs> well, I like that. That's the only way she does it interact with people. There's a lot of sadness in her background. I don't like the concept that she was jealous of Marissa. So so all but forced Trey upon Marissa. So that she could be like, see, I knew it. Which which just adds so much more layers toward a character who essentially is so sure of one thing that she causes it to happen and goes, well, of course I knew it would happen. <laughs> Like, the, man, there's there's a lot of pathos to Jess. Yeah. Still Jess, a ghost, though. Definitely a ghost. Well, hey, that's the end of uh, The O.C., season two. Yeah, we did it. Next next week, we're back in Riverdale. And if there's any more breaks, we're hooped. <laughs> I mean, we just we'll got to push through until the end. Season eight, it's episode 18. I think there's 22. There's only four episodes left. They can do it. They can do all four they episodes. Can do, I believe they can do it. Yeah. 
man, what are what are we getting back into? This, what did we leave? <laughs> the gag is the police. <laughs> the oh, pol- more people are dead. There are dead people. Baby teeth had all his teeth pulled out, and also he's dead. I think he only had one tooth pulled out. All of them, they were gone. Oh. We saw inside his mouth. No. Oh. I didn't know what we saw. I thought we just saw the blue around his lips. Oh, maybe we're looking at different things. Yeah, I think yours. I don't think they pulled up every single one of his teeth and then they graphically showed us the inside of his mouth. I definitely thought they did, but maybe my mind is th- filled I think in the blanks. had blood and blue because oh, that's show like, oh man, it was his tooth in case you didn't get it earlier. <laughs> you couldn't understand the references. Well, if you want to understand the references, you got to listen to us. Because otherwise you wouldn't know why we're so insistent that this girl is a ghost. <laughs> yeah, boy. God help you if this is your first episode. And you're like, why do they keep calling that girl a ghost? She's cl- this is not a supernatural show. Uh, but it is. It's it, Hey, it, Mick G is executive producer on yeah, it. Yeah, it's clearly a supernatural show. Yeah, this, this is part of the supernatural universe. Jess is a ghost. One day she'll show up on, like, season 17 of Supernatural. Which would be really confusing because there's another Jess character. Ooh. But, I mean, that's the that's Sam's girlfriend who dies in the first episode. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Lots of ghost Jesses. <laughs> I think she does come back as ghost. Anyway, uh, if you like this, you should uh, give us a review, a, uh, a like, a whatever, whatever the thing to do on the multiple Click things Click on are. the things on your podcatchers. Tell your friends. We're on Google Play or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can just go to Podbean. We're just there. And maybe you want to tell your friends via some sort of social media like Twitter, in which case you can... Take us in it, and it's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. Yeah, that'd be podcastmoa at gmail.com. You can figure that out. Yeah. You're <laughs> Google Plus or anything. Not, nothing I like that. I think Google Plus got shut down. I don't know what's up and down anymore. I don't know what the internet is. Yeah, no one does. Will Jimmy and Julie get back together? Will Kirsten get through rehab? Who shot Trey R.? Oh, we know who shot him. It was Marissa. Well, then who shot Marissa? No one. Well, then what's the mystery? Okay, for answers to all this and more, join us sometime on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Who shot Mr. Trey? A teen drama fan cast. <laughs> <laughs>